Hey everyone, it's Peg Mulqueen and welcome to the next episode of the Ashtanga Dispatch podcast. In today's episode, I'm sitting down with a teacher you've heard from before on this podcast, Taylor Hunt. And this time he's joined by his wife, Jess. Now the first time Taylor was on, we'd never met in person. I knew him a bit from social media and we shared a few common friends and I liked what I knew a lot. He was in the midst of writing his book at the time, Away From Darkness, which is a biographical account of his journey out of addiction. In fact, you'll find an excerpt in the second edition of the Ashtanga Dispatch magazine. Now, I won't lie, Taylor's book, it was a tough read for me. I mean, like really tough. You'll hear me stumble over my words in the beginning because as a parent, especially, oh, it hit me in my gut. It was scary to hear what he went through as a teenager. And I should say now that if you have young children listening along with you, parts of this discussion could be disturbing for them. So you might want to consider listening without them present. Because Taylor was as far down as you could go without dying. In fact, he wanted to die. Because he says that's what addiction does to someone. It makes you feel helpless. It makes you feel alone. And it makes you feel ashamed. Of course, to look at Taylor now, you'd never guess. And no one would ever have to know. Not you, not me, not anyone. So why write the book? Why put your story out there? Because Taylor says no one should ever feel that alone. No one should ever feel that hopeless or that helpless. Taylor and Jess have made it their mission to reach out to those who are suffering from addiction and substance abuse and bring them hope through yoga, Ashtanga yoga. And that's why they've also started the Trini Foundation, which is dedicated to sharing Ashtanga yoga to those suffering from addiction, bringing them this transformative practice into underserved communities like women's centers, addiction recovery centers, and even prisons. Now we recorded this interview on the last day of our Montana retreat back in April, but I waited until now to share it with you for a reason, because next month is National Recovery Month. September is set aside to increase awareness of understanding substance use disorders, but also to celebrate the hope that's out there. Of course, setting aside a month is nice and all, but it doesn't mean crap unless there's some action associated with it because intention alone does nothing. That's why I'm hoping that you'll join the Trini Foundation and help them bring hope through yoga to those battling addiction. And there are very there are a few very real ways that you can make a difference next month and even right now. Number one, you can go to their website and they have a whole list of fundraising classes that are being held here in the US and abroad and attend one of those. So go to trainingfoundation.org, look for those classes. If you see one in your hometown, go. Number two, if you don't see one in your hometown, you can sponsor one. (laughs) Again, visit trainingfoundation.org and you can ask for their help in making that happen. Or number three, you can do what I did and go directly to their website and make a donation today. Visit trainingfoundation.org backslash donate dash dispatch. That's trainingfoundation.org backslash donate dash dispatch. And you can join Ashtanga Dispatch and make your own direct donation. So do what you can. 
Okay, that was the longest intro ever, but for a very good reason. Now, without further ado, here is Taylor Hunt and his wife, Jess. Hey, everybody. It's Peg Mulqueen with your latest episode of the Ashtanga Dispatch podcast. And I am here with two very special friends, Jessica and Taylor Hunt. Taylor and I just got done a five-day retreat here in Bozeman, Montana, and it went fantastic, didn't it? It was so awesome. Oh my god, best it was time so ever. it really was the best time. Like it was we've already set the dates for the next one, and because I never remember dates. It's the May 21st through the 25th of 2017. Okay, you're really good at this. This is why <laughs> it was one of the reasons why we make such a great team. One of the many reasons. Uh, but that's not really why I asked Taylor and Jess to sit down and talk with me today. I asked them to sit down and talk with me because many of you already know, but their book or Taylor's book was just published, Away from Darkness. It's done fantastic, fantastic. It is his story. Um, I read it maybe just a month before you came out because you didn't, you just finished it recently. Yeah, I mean, it was just released about 45 days ago or so. Okay, so now it feels like, yeah, I read it, I read it pretty much right after it was published. Yeah. And if you all remember, in the Aztec, in the second Ashtanga Dispatch magazine, we actually have an excerpt uh, from the book in there, and that was from last year. So many of you listeners or readers probably already have read that excerpt. I don't know how many of you have read the book, but it is, it's powerful. So if you don't know Taylor's story... Uh, I thought I knew your story. So Taylor, you guys, I thought that I knew, I mean, I, I kind of knew like it was you, you came from addiction. Um, I know you as the incredible yoga teacher, a strong yoga teacher that you are. Um, and I think that reputation is amazing. And just working with you in the room is so powerful. Your history you know, it was your history, right? Everybody has like their baggage. Everybody's got their stuff, you know, from before your stuff was, this was big. Like this wasn't small. This wasn't just like, Oh, I used. (laughs) No, it was much more than that. It was way more than that. It was way more than that. I think I wrote you after I'd gotten down the first 25 pages and I had no idea how, deep and how dark when you say away from darkness I mean it was dark I mean it was as far down as you could go without dying essentially (laughs) so I think I might have been even kind of uncomfortable with how how dark it got uh I know that because I wrote the review so I wrote a review on Ashtanga Dispatch of the book. It was powerful. It definitely affected me. Um, as a parent, it affected me. As a counselor, it affected me. To know you now and to see where you came from, I was just blown away um, by the level of change, but also how that can happen to someone, someone normal, someone like anyone else, you know, as a parent, that was a little unsettling for me. So I won't, I won't lie to you. I mean, I have a 19 year old son, I have a 23 year old daughter. All I kept thinking was, oh my gosh, I just had no idea 
that this existed, that this level, you know, like it just is something you read about with other people. You don't know people. You don't know that doesn't happen in, in your family. And I don't mean to go off like this, but it was, it really affected me. And when I wrote the review, I didn't even write some of the darkest stuff in there. <laughs> I'm having trouble saying it now. Yeah. You see that? Well, I mean, it, people, people have reached out to me and, and a lot of people are, are saying the same thing because it brings up your issue. It brings up a lot of the issues that, um, you know, with kids or um, addiction and everyone is kind of touched by it for sure. So, and it's uncomfortable when you're talking about something as serious as what it is. I mean, it, it's serious. And so like it brings up uh, different emotions and different feelings about, about that kind of stuff. So I think that's when I realized why you had to write it. Because you could really feel alone, like you're the only one. I felt like I was the only one. I mean, and no one should ever feel that alone. It, if I didn't know you now, it felt hopeless. At some, one point in the book, I felt hopeless. I mean, I was. I mean, I, I, and honestly, I didn't, there was times where I actually didn't want to live anymore as a result of like what I was going through. There was a time in the book when I, I think I read that part and it's, it was, it was hard to read. Yeah. It, it was hard to read for me. It was hard to write. It was hard to put on pa uh, paper. <clears throat> I think it would have been easy to, uh, take it out of the story. <laughs> I mean, I think it would have been really easy just to like edit it out and say like, uh, we don't need to talk about that. We can talk about something else. So. Why did you decide to keep all of those details in, including wanting to die at the very end? I mean, before, I mean, that really was, you did hit rock bottom. You really did hit the very. Yeah. I mean, I hit rock bottom at 20, you know, uh, and, and the story continues until I'm 25, you know, the time where, you know, like I had gotten, um, you know, a DUI and I'd gotten to uh, a place of having all of the, the three horsemen, guilt, shame, and remorse of how my life was. And, and it was, it was scary, you know, like, I mean, I, I went home to, to actually try and kill myself because of the amount of guilt and that wasn't how my life was supposed to look like at the time. So, so why did I, why did I put all the details out there? I have no idea. Um, I, I put it out there. I mean, I have no idea like how I made it through and how I put it all on, on paper. Um, but I, I know that there was a higher purpose for what I, I was doing and, and the amount of um, change that has happened as a result of just sharing, sharing the book. I mean, it's about helping other people, you know, like I, I didn't, I didn't spend a lot of time in my head. I spent a lot of time like in action, like doing, like we set goals and we put it on, on paper. And that was the only way I could get through it. There was times where we got done um, and uh, editing the book and, and sitting there and just like bawling in my car. You know, we, I would go over to Dawn's house, um, and she helped me write the help, help me write it and help me edit it, and and I'd sit out in my car and be like, "Man, that's an incredibly sad." That's I, and it was. 
Did you feel like it was someone different at that point, or did you still feel intimately? I mean, you sat and... and... Wow. Um, I thought I had dealt with it. You know, yeah. like I thought I had dealt with it and I worked with sponsors. I worked with, um, friends, sober people to help me like process all of the stuff. I did inventories. I did amends to people. Um, like I was able to look society in the eyes, but when I put it on paper, what, um, what I found was, is that, um, inside there was still, um, there was still, still some healing that needed to happen as a result of it. Because it's incredibly sad. I mean, the first part of the book, the first 150 pages, there's no hope. I mean, and that's what addiction looks like. That's what I was feeling, and that's what I was having so much difficulty with. That, of course, I know. I kept having to remind myself. I kept having to like close my eyes and go, "You know, Taylor. You know, you know, like you know, this has a happy ending. You know, this is okay." But you're reading it, and you're thinking. How the hell is he going to find his way out of this? Yeah. I mean, I think that so many addicts, so many alcoholics, so many, so many people with those kind of issues, because um, those aren't the only ones that show up, um, feel the same way. I mean, they, they feel hopeless. I mean, there's no way out. Like, I mean, you're, you might as well be in, in jail. Like, you're, there's no way out of this box. And it doesn't look like there's help. You feel alone. Um, you don't want to share your issue with anyone because you're ashamed of it, you know? And so um, it, yeah, it, it's rough. It's a rough place to be. You know, you just said that. And I know that you both know um, that, you know, I have a time in my life when I definitely felt all of those things, not around addiction, but something else and felt very hopeless and trapped and imprisoned and, and who maybe when I was reading your book, it triggered those things in me, you know, maybe like it was like, it reminded me of a time when that was present and that's what my life felt like. And it's, as you're saying that it's very possible that that's also a piece of me that connected with it and why I found it so hard, so hard, you know, to read it. And I think that's the reaction that you're getting to the book is maybe people don't directly have experience with those issues, but there's other issues that we're all struggling with and everyone can relate in their own way. I'm glad you just spoke up because I'm going to come. <laughs> I, I'm turning over to you for a second because I have to tell you, it was, a, it was pretty personal, all the stuff that was shared in the book. And I wondered, and I think I asked you the other day for the very first time, how you felt about that. Like, did you have any thought? Was there any point where you were like, wait a second, this is not what I signed up for. Like we got married, we have two kids. We're like, like, do we really need to like put this out there? Uh, honestly, I, yeah. that thought never crossed my mind before the book came out. It was actually after it was written, I think my dad read the book and he was like, whoa, there's some really personal stuff in here. And it had not crossed my mind. I mean, I knew... It was hard when we were writing, or when Taylor was writing the book, because it was just a very emotional, intense process. So for our whole family, that piece of it was hard. But I knew he was going to help a lot of people with the book, and so that was what I was focused on. And you guys keep saying this, and I think it, I I can lose track of it in the midst of the book. But you, okay, I have to say this: if you don't know Taylor and Jess, they're I thought you guys were normal. You know, I invited you out here because 
you seem like normal people. And if you all don't realize this in the yoga world, sometimes not everybody's so normal, right? <laughs> you guys are normal. Even Megan said, like, they're like family. Like, we hung out with you in India. We did normal things. And, and then I've watched you and you're not normal. Oh my gosh. I cannot, you're looking at me weird, but you guys like keep the busiest schedule. Taylor, I have no idea how many, how you keep the travel schedule and the teaching schedule you do. First of all, I don't think people that teach Morning Mysore on a daily basis are normal because their whole right. lives, <laughs> they really do. Yeah, they they mean, Mysore, yeah. I'm going to say it. If you don't know this already, they get up ungodly early. They practice, they teach. Oh gosh. And if they have families and any other obligations in life, then uh, it's 24 seven nonstop. Now write a book about something incredibly intimate and personal. Oh, oh, wait, wait, that's not all. Now let's start a foundation. Let's start a foundation so that we can help others and so that I am telling you, you're not normal. Um, and when you said like you didn't think about what you're putting in the book, I know you're because you wanted to help other people. And so talk to me about why the hell you wrote the book? Because I know why, um, and you know why. Yeah, I, I wrote the book because, I, I mean, I felt like I had to for my own healing and for my own journey to be able to put it out there in an open and honest way so that I could, so I could heal and so that I could help other people heal because... I mean, one of the, the found, like one of the fundamental principles of like 12 step groups is that you help other people like achieve sobriety or you help, um, other, other people, um, get to the other side of their, their, their issue. And, and like what we're doing is, is that, you know, and my life, I, I mean, I've been given a second chance. I mean, or maybe like a fourth chance actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like, I don't want it to go to waste. And I, I know that Never have I ever gotten any um, value out of the stuff that I've collected, like the material things. I've only ever got, um, I've only felt good inside when I'm able to like help other people realize their own true potential and realize that they can make it to the other side. And that's like, I, I mean, for me, that's like what makes me happy. Um, that's what like keeps me driven and that's what keeps me focused. I don't go around and teach workshops to just be teaching Ashtanga yoga, like I mean, Ashtanga Yoga is like this huge platform for me to really talk about like, how do we live like better people? Like, how, how do we like, how does everyone help each other? You know, there was a time, like I remember when I was a kid where you would run across the street and like you would grab like, your mom would be like, hey, go grab milk from the neighbor. And, and nowadays we're like so segmented that, that would, that's like off the table. And, you know, like bringing people together in a community, bringing people together and, and who are relatable, um, being a human, you know, like I don't want to be a celebrity. Like I, like I want to help other people like to achieve like what, you know, change. And that's um, like this. I wrote my book, but the story is not about me. The story is about like a platform to help other people so that they can relate to it. And, and that's what the foundation does. And, and that's what the book was like. That's why I did it. I think that's what makes you a pretty powerful teacher, among other things. But I, I know you've been told this, but you're pretty intense in the room. <laughs> that's right? what they say about you. Yeah, too. I know. I've heard that. <laughs> um, but you, 
I am not sure now, but you, I've watched you and you're intense and you really live it. I mean, um, you, you, you both do, like I said, your, your lives are super busy, right? You've got so much going on and then you dedicate part of your life to like writing this intimate book to help other people. Um, but the intensity in the room comes from the fact that you know what it's like to pick yourself up. It's like you see it and you, you won't let anyone just kind of go, I just, you know, you don't let anybody off the hook. You don't let anybody off the hook. No, I don't let anyone off the hook. You can't. No, I, I mean, I, establishing new patterns, changing, this is the hardest thing that you can possibly do. Like, I mean, getting sober was the hardest thing that I've ever done in my entire life. Um, it took everything that I had. Like I had everything that it, that it took in order to get sober, like all of the tools. Um, it took everything that I've got. Like, I mean, that, that struggle of like fighting to like stay alive, um, it intimately is involved with like how I teach. I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't let that happen to other, like other people. Like I'm picking them up by the bootstraps and then, uh, and also holding them accountable for what they're doing. Because in order to establish a new pattern, I mean, you have to be really dedicated to actually having to, um, to, uh, to do that. And so, I, no, I don't let anyone off the hook. I mean, I can see it in people. Like as I teach, as I travel around, I mean, I can see, I can see when we're, own, we're our own worst enemy. And, and the best part about like my whole story is that I'm no longer my um, worst enemy. Like I, I stare in the mirror and it's like, I'm no longer the worst enemy. Like that's, that's not me anymore. And so like, I'm able to see when another person is in the MISO room and they don't believe, like they don't believe that the change is there. They don't believe that they, or they can change. They don't believe that they can do a posture. Um, they don't believe that they can move forward. They don't believe they could drop back. I mean, these are all things that translate right into our lives. Um, and asana is such like a, awesome tool like the Shtanga method is such an awesome tool to like get people to believe in themselves right to like really cap like you know capture it and that doesn't happen you know like you can go through the motions like how but I mean what I usually ask is like how do you show up at the top of your mat every single day like try your hardest and make it new like brand new every single day and like how do you keep that intensity um, you don't have to give a hundred percent, but like, you know, we're talking consistent effort over long periods of time that create huge results, huge results for people. I mean, I have a community full of them, you know, like I have sober people, I have people with eating stuff that, um, or eating disorders that, um, you know, that are in our community. I, I mean, we've attracted like this real authentic community that is involved in like working on their stuff. Their teacher does, requires that they always are working on their stuff. I mean, that's what I do. Okay, now everybody got to see that level of intensity that shows up. <laughs> Did you see? Like his whole body transform everything you were talking about. You believe enough for everybody. I mean, like you believe, you've seen it. You've been through the fire. You're like. Yeah, if they don't believe, my belief is strong enough in them. I promise. It's amazing. I will say. It also, you do live it, you know, Megan uh, practiced with us in the morning and I think I told you this and it was meant as a complete compliment. Um, she said, oh, practicing next to Taylor 
I really, that inspired me. And what inspired her was not because you got to your mat and you did a whole bunch of fancy things, right? You actually struggle and you come out of the room with this hood over your head, looking for coffee. You look <laughs> tired. Um, you do these like stretches right before you go that are just like hanging over and and he walks upstairs, takes off his jacket, and he just start. You just start. Yeah. You just start, and you just and you work. Yeah. Well, this stuff was never easy for me. I, I mean, like I say it all the time, but I'm not really a yoga person. Like it, I didn't walk in with natural gifts of flexibility or um, able to put my leg. I, I mean, I've worked for every ounce of like this transformation. I mean, I've had to like in the addiction part and and in the yoga room, like. But, you know, I, nowadays, like, um, I, like when I'm dedicated to it and I'm focused on it, like there, I have a routine. I do the same routine every morning. I, I hop up, hop up there. And when I start, I start and, um, I don't do anything fancy. Like I only, um, strive for effectiveness. <laughs> I mean, I, that's all I want. I like, I want to be efficient. I, I talked about this this past weekend or this past week, efficient, economical and sustainable, um, because I want to do it for the rest of my life. And, and a lot of times like, you know, Ashtangis don't necessarily do everything that's sustainable. Like we go outside of our box a lot of times. And I don't do any of that stuff. I'm inside my box all the time. No. And you, you work hard. I, I work hard, but it's simple. No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. I think that sometimes we look at people and we're like, I don't know. We idealize, like they do fan, they are cute. They make it, they make it pretty. Yeah. Um, you make it real. Yeah. And real makes it relatable. Uh, Megan felt like, okay, he he knows what I'm going through. You know, putting her legs behind her head. He knows that this is tough, that this is a hard thing. But, you you know. Yeah, I mean, it worked for every ounce of it. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, sobriety was the hardest thing that I've ever done. And, like, my practice nowadays is, like, some of the hardest stuff that I've I've ever done, but like every day I show up at the top of my mat and like, I give it as much effort as I can possibly give. And, and I keep stuff simple. Like I'm not, like, I'm not trying to be Instagram famous, you know, like I don't need my, you kind of are though. Well, but I don't, I don't, I don't need my, I don't need my practice to be like showy. Like I need my practice to help me find who I truly am. Like I, I hate it when we, when we confuse the means with the end. Like the end is actually that we know ourselves, that we're better human beings and like we're striving for um, helping other people and, and uh, being truthful and nonviolent, like all of the yamas and niyamas, all of that stuff. That's what I care about. I, it's like, I don't want to put my leg behind my head anymore. Um, like I put it behind there like six times every practice and I'm, you know, like I'm not so into it, but the transformation that what has come of it, um, I have to continue doing it like, because I mean, so much growth has come from like me struggling in a real, real place on my mat um, because I'm not good at this stuff. Like I'm not good. I, I mean, maybe that's what makes me a good teacher or, you know, I walked in a little bit more broken than the, ne- the next person. I mean, you know, you've read the book. Um, I was pretty broken. And so all this stuff, I've been like putting myself back together. Well, I won't lie to you, uh, teaching side by side with yours, I was saying, I said this to Megan, I don't know that I shared this with you when she, when she said that it was kind of, it was really inspiring for her to practice upstairs with you, uh, during those times I said, teaching alongside you 
makes me want to be a better teacher. I mean, I, you always want to be better, but it actually makes me a better teacher to, to, you really do walk the talk, not to be like kind of cliche like that, but, um, it is that level of intensity comes through in pretty much everything that you do. And it makes it very relatable because you're not, you're just like me. I mean, you're working hard, I'm working, you're working. And that kind of, that to me is more inspiring than, uh, seeing like, if you're talking about a yoga mat and seeing somebody who can just kind of press up with ease and, you know, that like is pretty and kind of fun to watch, you know, once, but to watch somebody work and to be successful and to make change, um, to come from a place that where I am and to work their way into the next place is really that to me, that's doable. That's real. I really like that. I don't think, I think that's why you are kind of Instagram famous, by the way. Um, I, you know, my husband let me know that he looked at your Instagram account. He goes, look at him. He's like 13,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he was impressed by that um and you just I know you kind of like blushed or whatever but on the other hand you've been making that same kind of effect on people with the book yes I mean you were telling me this week the amount of feedback that you've gotten from people that have read the book has been enormous I mean, it's been gigantic. I, I mean, and I didn't think that that was actually going to come as a result of like writing the book. Like I never thought like, oh, look, people are going to reach out to me and, you know, um, tell me their struggles. And like the profound thing is that I, like for a month's time, the book has been out maybe like 50, maybe two months, 45 to 60, 60 days. And just like for a time there, like we were getting five, I, I was getting five emails a day of just like people um, sharing their struggle and sharing their soul. And, and, um, I never thought that that was going to happen, but the book like made it so relatable and, and, and it's a vulnerable story. Like, I mean, it's hard open. Like, this is who I am. Like, take me or leave me. Um, that other people were, were sharing that same, same theme with me. Like the, this is who I am. Like, this is, um, students, you know, people I didn't know reaching out to me. Um, through email or Facebook or any of that stuff and just like sharing like I struggle with this stuff too um, or I've you know there's people that um, have got it in in prisons and jails and stuff that have reached out to me after they've got out which is pretty amazing as well so but it's been overwhelming can you give an example of of one that has particularly I mean I sounds like there have been a lot of them but give us an example of the kinds of letters you're getting um, I had a person tell me that, um, and this is, this is pretty intense, but that they were drinking every day and putting a shotgun in their mouth every single day. And, and you're talking about a literal shotgun in their a mouth. A shotgun in their mouth. Um, they were drinking every day. They put a shotgun in their mouth and think about killing themselves. And then they read my book and, and, um, it started them on the path of sobriety. Um, it started on the, them on the path of like opening up their family member gave them a, gave them a book. Um, they stopped putting the shotgun in their mouth. Um, they stopped, um, drinking as much as what they were doing and they started on the path of recovery. Um, so somebody, so I mean, to make this really clear, they were every day flirting with dying, killing themselves in a slow way and then thinking of a fast way to do it every single day. 
they they were they wrote me an email that was like five pages long and said like every single day I thought about killing myself, um, and I would put a gun in my actual mouth in, in my mouth and and think about pulling the trigger because I didn't want to be here anymore. And what's crazy is is that in the book, the the one story that I was going to take out and I kind of alluded to it earlier is is the story where like you know I was going to kill myself. Um, you know, I bought a, ja- uh, bought a fifth of Jack Daniels. Um, I went back to my, I went back to my hotel or excuse me, I went back to my apartment and I, I proceeded to drink the whole bottle and write a suicide letter for all of the things that I had done bad, all of the things that I didn't really owe an apology for all the things that I did owe an apology for too. And, um, I slipped my wrist and, um, went up to my bed and I, I was checking out. Um, and that was the story that, uh, I mean, and obviously it didn't work. Um, you know, I, I went to bed and like the sheet had stopped the bleeding of, of my wrist and, and I'm sorry, this is hard stuff to talk about. I know, but, um, I woke up the next day and I was just like completely alone. Like, what do you do after that? Like after it wasn't a cry for an atten- attention either. Yeah. It was just like, I don't want to be here anymore. And this is the story that we were going to actually edit out. Like we were going to take it out of the book. Like I, I was, wasn't comfortable with it because not only because the yoga community was going to read it, but it's, I mean, it's really dark. I mean, it's really hard to kind of share. I mean, it's, it's really hard to, to do that. More people, um, I talk about this like gaping sadness inside of me, like this huge God size hole inside of me. And that's the story that people reach out to me and tell me about more like I just got chills actually because more people have reached out that for that story than any other story in the book um, because they have that same God size hole and and I uh yeah I was going to take it out of the book because it's it's sad it is sad we're all sitting here and we're I mean and partially it is because because we know what that's like. And the beautiful thing is what we don't always know it's like, what not everybody does know, what that person who wrote you didn't know was what hope is like. What right. the other side is like. That they're, that it's not over. And I don't believe in coincidences. I don't believe in random and luck. And um, you woke up the next day. Yeah. <laughs> that person was given your book. Yeah. Um, I don't think we can say that the book, the book also is pretty clear that there was a lot of work in recovery. That Absolutely. it wasn't, it, you didn't wake up the next morning and go, wow, I was saved. Yeah, it wasn't a big bang. <laughs> no. Right? It was hard work. <laughs> I mean, a good, I mean, if half the book was really hard about how you got there, there's a good portion of the book moving on, maybe the rest of the book about every day, the work that goes into, but there's also hope. Yeah. And it's a story of hope. It absolutely. Is. I mean, so we've spent the entire like we talk about that dark side, but the book as I read it 
and knowing you, this was a book on hope. Yeah, it was definitely a book on hope. Um, restoring, um, restoring hope for sure. And the ability to change. Yep, and the ability to change, yeah. Is that why you, you didn't just write the book, but you started a foundation? And it's the Trinity Foundation. Yep, the Trinity Foundation. Um, that is why we started the, the foundation. Um, I, I knew early on in my teaching career, like um, some of the best work that I felt like I did was working in halfway houses and stuff with, the, with these guys. Um, and so that was a big part of like understanding that you can really affect positive change. Like if someone is in, you know, treatment or something like that. And, and the foundation kind of came into formation really after the last time I read the book, the last edit, um, I got done reading the book and I, I'd read it like 20 times. Um, and at the end, like, I remember I just was like, I was, there was parts where I cried. There was parts where I was, I was trying to read it as like objectively as possible, which is like impossible for your own story. Yeah. But, um, I felt like I did a, a decent job with it, but like I was affected like in the beginning, like in the desperation and then, like, you see, like, this new life, like, take form. And then you, you see, like, um, I start teaching and I start going to India. And I, there's, like, this buildup in it. Like, I got done with a book and I was, like, inspired. Like, I put it, I closed it. And I was, like, we got to help other people. Like, we got to help other people to do this and not have to go through all of the stuff that's in the book. Like, they don't need to have a story like me. Like, I can have the worst story. Your story can be shorter. Um, it can be uh, not as dramatic. Um, it, you can solve this issue faster than I saw. I mean, I spent 11 years of, you know, drinking and using every single day, you know, and if, if it could be five years for, I mean, think of how many lives we could save. And so the, uh, the foundation was formed because it was like, I got done, I closed the book and I was like, we're starting a foundation. Like we're going to help. We're the, He's sitting on our patio in India, and I hear him start like calling my name, like screaming my name, Jessica, come out here. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, we can't stop, you know, like we can't, we can't stop now. And you're like, we, I just, we just got done the book. Yeah, but I was like, we're not like, I, I'm on the patio and I'm reading it. And I'm like, I closed the book and I'm like, this is going to help a massive amount of people. And, and it has like, and um, I feel like it's just the tip of the iceberg, but I mean, with the foundation, I was like, we have to do this. This is the only natural next step. Of what so what are you, so tell me about what the, I mean, I'm, first of all, it is cracking me up. I mean, just did you at all say, whoa, we just got done? No, actually, I was just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do. I mean, it's just exactly. exactly. meant for each other. <laughs> exactly what we need to do yeah I, I, that it, it it was the only natural next step i can't see anything else like I, that's the only other again you're thing. not normal but go that's this yeah. oh, yeah, a week left in india at that point and we're like okay let's get it done yeah we we formed the in foundation india. like we started we built a board we when was bylaws, this like this is the end of january yeah. wait to get this year yeah oh my gosh <laughs> not normal everyone um okay i don't even think i knew that so i was there when oh, you yeah. were just deciding this yeah 
Yeah, you were there. You made it seem like it had been something you'd had in the works for. Oh, no. You were probably one of the first this was, people to hear about this it. This was yeah. like a fire that was started, and like I couldn't put it out until we started action on it. And the foundation was formed. I mean, it was like, I read the book, I was calling Jess's name, and it was like, we're doing this tomorrow. Like, and we, we formed it online, and we, we did it immediately. Um, and we started filling out the paperwork for 501. Um, we were messaging people from India. Like, yeah, we were talking we, to lawyers. Help like this website. <laughs> help us with this website. I mean, we've had awesome web guys who've, like, helped us uh, people who want to help like in their in their own way so like, many amazing people yeah. that have helped us <laughs> holy yeah. moly and so what is the foundation going to do so what well the foundation is going to teach people ashtanga yoga it's going to teach them how to change um it's ba- it, basically like we are um helping other people um change get sober and help them like um better their lives that, that that's the the general so give me specific we're going to, um, you know, we're going to teach classes in treatment centers and prisons. Um, we are going to help with life services. Like we're going to um, teach people yoga. We're going to provide scholarships for people all over the country. There's a waiting list of people that need scholarships that have already reached out to us. Uh, as already? Well. Yes. There's a waiting list of people. Um, and, you know, like, and we have donors, like the, your money, the, the people that are donating, um, are, are the people that are providing the scholarships. So we're setting up, um, schools, like we're accrediting schools and, and saying like, this is a school, um, yoga school that we would, um, send people to, um, and then we collect, we're collecting the, the money and then sending it to the yoga stu- uh, studios so that the person in their area can, can benefit from it. And, and we have a list of people that are, are like, I want to do yoga. I want to change. I read your book. Um, I, I need help. What studio can I go to? What teacher can I go to? How do I do this? Because not everyone's in Columbus, Ohio. Right, um, right. And so it's happening at our studio. It's happening already at our studio. Um, it happened around Ohio, but it's also happening around the country, too. And we're taking it a step further, just the yoga, too. It's like someone new to sobriety, they're relearning how to do everything. Starting from scratch, rebuilding their lives. So we're going to be partnering with counselors and dietitians and wellness professionals to help them you know, get that good start. Yeah, it, it, it's a it's a big deal. Like I mean, what we're doing is trying to create as much positive and as big of an impact as we can possibly uh, do because there is a huge need for it. I mean, everyone is affected by alcoholism. I mean, I feel like everyone is connected to alcoholism, drug addiction, all of these things. Um, and like, we need people um, to, to help us like really like solidify this and, and everyone's connected to it. I mean, you know, like we're obviously, um, you know, we're, we're both addicts or alcoholics and, and uh, there's family members that are all, uh, there as well. And, and so like, how do we, I mean, people are dying, you know, they're, they're literally peg. I've buried a hundred. I've told other people this, and I might've even said it in the book. I don't think I stated this clearly, but I've buried a hundred people as a result of like drug addiction. Um, and that's, that's huge. Like, um, heroin on our streets, um, you know, crystal meth on the, on, on our streets are like taking lives. And we have this opportunity to, um, send them to yoga, to the foundation, like, helps them like find the services that they need and, um, you know, provide a scholarship to, and a, and a tool to help that person, um, find sobriety, 
where a lot of times like the people who are struggling do not feel like they have that tool. And, and we believe we do have that tool, um, the foundation and, uh, with the support of, you know, like the, the donors that we have now, um, have been able to provide that stuff already. And we're just getting started. It's not intensity. It's urgency. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's intensity too. No, it's like that, <laughs> but urgency isn't it. Now I'm realizing it's like, you don't have a day. Like we're going to do it now. Right. We're doing everything it. you're going to do. You're going to do it now. Yeah. Well, I don't, I mean, I mean, that's how I teach in the yoga room. It is how you teach in the yoga room. That's what I was just saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's just all about stuff. action. It's, yeah. it's about like understanding. I mean, the first step of knowing that you have a problem is like addressing it. Like the awareness that you actually have one. Right. And so after that, like after you realize that I can't do something, okay, well, what are the actions that you can take out like to, to do it? And you know, a lot of times people stay in that gray area of like, they know they have a problem, but they don't want to actually fix it. And like my teaching actually comes in right in the middle and it's like, it's time to get moving. Like it's time to start believing and start time to start getting in action. Um, and that's what the foundation does. I mean, that's what my teaching is all about. I mean, that's what the book is about, like getting people to relate and then getting them into, into action. And the, the foundation is a perfect way to, to do that. Um, we're, we want to support you. I, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm doing this podcast because not to promote the book or to any, I really believe, and I want people to read the book away from darkness. And if you go to awayfromdarkness.com, you can order the book. Part of the proceeds go towards the foundation. Yeah. Um, the foundation is the trinifoundation.org yep. and you can go to the website and you can donate money. Yeah. And, uh, you and, can apply if and, you are one of those people, right. That yeah. need help. You can go to trinifoundation.org. Yeah. And you can apply yeah. for a scholarship. You can email us and we'll send you a form. And, and, um, like I said, there's a waiting list of people. So like your contributions are the things that are, um, you got like the donors, you guys are being the heroes. Like you guys are helping these people because there's a huge need of like helping people get off the street, getting off of drugs, like finding positive lifestyle changes. Um, and without the donors, like you guys are the heroes. Like you guys are helping us like figure out like, um, you know, how many people that we can help. And it's, it's huge. It's huge. I don't feel much like a hero, but I, I do want to, uh, I do want to make a contribution, a stronger dispatch. Uh, we would like to donate five hundred dollars towards the Trini Foundation. <laughs> Thank um, you so yeah, much. <laughs> I didn't know. Wow. Um, and we would like to help you get started. Yeah. I would like to challenge everybody listening right now. Um, again, Thank I feel so the much. sense of urgency. Yeah. We have to do this now. Yeah. Um, Thank you so much. You no, know, watching you and and watching how you have all these other things in your lives. I mean, you have two little kids yeah. and you have a community that you are you're a, t a daily teacher yourself. Um, you've just written a book and now you're starting. Yeah. You're taking it to the next step, and I definitely want to be a part of that. Yeah. And Thank I so hope much. that anybody listening would want to be a part of that, the change that you're making. And it's not just from you. I've actually heard from students. I've heard from communities. I come in, and I, we have a lot of overlap, and 
you're making such a difference um, for people that really need to have that hope, you know, really need to, to know that things can be different and we need a tangible way. Yeah. You know, I mean, the yoga practice absolutely gives us a tangible way, but when you're in that hopeless place, it's really hard to know what the tools are that you need to get to the next place. Yeah. You know, and I find that people are willing to work, but sometimes you just don't have the meaning. You just don't know where to start. You know, start at the beginning and end at the end. Isn't that what they say? Like, just start at the beginning, keep working. And, but, it's not, but getting started is the hardest part. Yeah. This, um, yeah, and the foundation is a perfect way to start. Yes. Yeah, the foundation is a perfect way to start. With, with the money that, um, with your donation, you're going to help um, sponsor a person um, in the yoga room um, to, to affect positive change in their life. So, and, you know, the foundation is uh, built on transparency and honesty and, and we, we just really want to um, show everyone what, what, what's actually happening because we're really a conduit, you know, like you guys are doing, the, you know, with this, with this stuff, with this money, um, you're affecting positive change. And that's, it's amazing. So thank you so much. Well, I believe in it. I, I absolutely believe in the work that you're doing. I'm seeing the effects yeah. out there and, um, and I wanted to, I feel like my part's so small, but I really encourage anybody who's listening right now to go to the trinityfoundation.org yep. to make a donation. I imagine that any amount would help since you just started. <laughs> I mean, this is amazing. You have a waiting list of people. There's a waiting list and um, you just started at the end of January. You have like four months yep. of work and yep. that's it. And so please, Trinity Foundation. Dot org, uh, give what you can. Um, and, and if you are out there and you're listening and you feel like you're in a place where there is no hope, there is hope, go to the trinityfoundation.org and please uh, reach out to Taylor and Justin. And please and reach out to us. We're here to help. Yeah. And um, another thing that uh, you can do is also sign up for my mailing list. And, you know, I'm traveling around the country. And also, like, I've been meeting a lot of people who are interested in the Trinity Foundation as I'm traveling around, which is pretty cool, too. Um, so, like, not everyone starts by, like, uh, um, starts on the path of sobriety um, by just reading the book. Like, sometimes, a couple times it's happened by them actually coming to, like, a workshop or or um, the Dharma talks that I give, which are, like, free book talks at, at the beginning of my workshops and that. That's pretty cool too. Um, to see that I'm able to go into a city and and have that talk and and then like people are like, I need help, and which is just awesome. Um, but yeah, so that's been happening too. Well, you're doing amazing work, both of you. Um, and yeah, Jess, you've been like, I'm so glad I got to get Jess for the little bit. She generally stays behind the scenes. I've got to see her 24 seven here. Um, this woman is a strong, powerful woman, but I mean, just raising the family and being there and you're, you're, you're very much a partnership in all of this. Yeah. I, I prefer my behind the scenes most of <laughs> the time, <laughs> but you've been through it too. I have, I've experienced all of it and the practice has changed my life and I'm just as passionate about it. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it's um, changed our life for the better, and that's what we're hoping to do with other people, too. Wow. I love the two of you. Um, these are two very close friends, um, as well as huge inspirations for me. Uh, we've enjoyed having you here in our home this week, and 
it's been an amazing time. We spent the day yesterday in Yellowstone, by the way, and uh, it was such an awesome beautiful. time. Yeah. So thank you so fun. much for having us. Oh in our my house, god, like and taking us. And- One of the best. And we we when we did this retreat this past week, we kept it at a small number, which we will do again next year. Um, because it's about relationships and I do believe that change begins those there it's the relationships that count um the relationships in the room uh and you reaching out through the book and through the foundation you're forming those connections and those relationships on that level as well so thank you for all the work that you're doing. Thank you for coming out here this week. I can't wait for next year. Um, I have no idea what you'll be doing next year. I mean, if you get, oh my gosh, like you'll probably say to me next year, well, when we were at your house, like the last day, (laughs) every time you would call my name, if Jess, if I were you, if I heard Jessica, I'd be like running in the other room. (laughs) No, no, no. Um, These are big things, though. I mean, we're, and we're happy to they're do them. Yeah, things. they're important yeah. things. They're, There's an urgency, and you understand yeah. the urgency. Yeah, of course. We've seen too many people die firsthand. Yeah. It's happening all over, and we, we want to just affect positive change. Like you I say do. positive change, and I think what you're saying is you save lives. Yeah. You, help, you want to help save lives. Yeah. Absolutely. And we don't want anyone to have to go through the stuff that we actually went through. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're talking about. Saving Mom. lives. I thank you. Uh, so Taylor and Jess, thank you so much. Uh, if you want to, again, if you have not read the book, I can't believe you haven't read the book if you listen to this podcast, but if you have not read the book away from darkness.com, go order the book. It's an amazing book. Part of the proceeds go to the Trini foundation. If you would like to make a donation, go to trinifoundation.org. Uh, if you would like to ask for help, go to the trinifoundation.org. If you're a teacher, I imagine that has had any experience in addiction and recovery, right? That you could maybe volunteer to be one of the teachers that teach one of the studios. Correctional facilities and teach donation classes for us and all that stuff. Please. So reach out. They have just begun. Let's all rally and help you. Let's do this. Yeah, Yeah. let's do this. Uh, Hashtag get your ass Get your ass moving. (laughs) Hey, thanks you all for listening. Um, I appreciate it. Of course, again, I'm saying it one more time because it's that important. TrinityFoundation.org, go there. Uh, Any contribution you can make will make a difference. And that's what community is for. That's what Ashtanga Dispatch is about. Believe in community, believe in people, believe in this practice. So Thank you so much. Hey, thank you guys. And... We'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening. The Ashtanga Dispatch podcast is made possible today by editor and producer Chris Lucas of CWLucas.com and me, Peg Queen, your host. Now, before this moment passes and you move on with your day, please help support the good work the Trini Foundation is doing with those struggling with substance use. Join the Ashtanga Dispatch Challenge to bring hope and help through yoga for as many of those struggling today with your gift of $10 or more. Just visit trinifoundation.org backslash donate dash dispatch. That's trinifoundation.org backslash donate dash dispatch. Now I'll also have that link available on the website, but please, please 
Don't let this moment pass. Go now and do what you can to make a difference. Remember, it takes just $10 to make a difference for someone, especially when your $10 is combined with the $10 of thousands of listeners around the world. Do what you can today. Help someone believe in themselves and their life again. And thank you. Thank you for all you do to make this world a better place. And see you next time.